You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Contract or any uh, civil engineer found a, a good foundation to build on. It's a joy. And he said to me, tonight, nothing should spill. Help me tell your neighbor, nothing will spill from my end. I don't know about you. Uh, nothing will spill to the ground. Nothing will, nothing will waste. You know, when you are served a very good dish, I mean a good one that you enjoy, you even scrape the plate. And you make sure ev- nothing is wasted. When you talk about value for money. Because the foundation is in place. And so the word of God is going to rest upon that foundation. And your life will never remain again. Can I show you in the word? Proverbs 14 verse 6. Proverbs 14 verse 6. Can you help me put Proverbs 14 verse 6? Hallelujah. It's on the screen. Okay, is coffer seeks wisdom and does not find it. But knowledge is easy to him who has understanding. When you have understanding, and I believe there are people of understanding in this house. There are people of knowledge in this house because you have been taught by your pastors who are the choices on planet earth. I know what I'm talking about. You've been taught. You've been tutored. Scriptures have been given to you. There are no deceptions anywhere. Nobody's trying to manipulate or cajole you. They give you the word of God the way it is. And the way it is working for them. I began to tell people, when will you believe that those of us who stand to teach you experience some miracles too? Beyond what you know. So there's understanding. There's, there, is, there is knowledge in the place. So he said, when there is knowledge, it's easy. It's, it's going to be easy for the man of God tonight. Because knowledge is, uh, is already in place. So it's easy. Because you have understanding. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You want me to read this in another? A scoffer seek wisdom in vain, for his very attitude blinds and deafens him to it. But knowledge is easy to him who, being teachable, understands. Don't give me other translation because I'm not he that is to come. I just wanted to know nothing should spill. Nothing should spill. And I'm here to receive just like you. But I have to tra- travel all the way from Nigeria to come and receive. Proverbs 20 verse 5. Then I will give the microphone to the man of God. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5. Do we have people in the house today? Yeah. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water. But it's only a man of understanding that will draw it out. And I've been told by your pastor that you are hungry. I don't know how hungry you are. (laughs) There is counsel 
here in the heart. There is counsel. There's some counsel in my heart. There's some counsel in the heart of Pastor Oba, Pastor Eric. He said, when counsel is in the heart of man, it's like a deep water. It will take a man of understanding to do what? To dry it out. I don't know what kind of container you have brought tonight. I don't know how deep the well is. But if you have understanding, you are drawing it out because you are going to hear beyond the world. Because they say there is a world within the world. I say, God, man, I hear you beyond what you are hearing. Hallelujah. Miracle walker. You are the miracle walker. Come and do a miracle. A miracle today. Come and do a miracle. A miracle today. Destiny changer. You are the destiny changer. Come and change my destiny. My destiny today. Oh, come and change my destiny. My destiny today. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are the miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You are the Do a miracle. Come and do a miracle. A miracle today. Come and do a miracle. A miracle today. Destiny changer. Destiny changer. Yeah, you are my destiny changer. Come and change my destiny. Come and change my destiny. My destiny today. Come and change my destiny. Come and change my, my destiny. destiny. Yeah. My destiny today. Everybody, your name is Yahweh. Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. Miracle working God. Miracle working God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh.
Just take the next few minutes to yield yourself spirit, soul, and body. Yield your mind, yield your mouth, yield your tongue to the Holy Ghost. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Go beyond your understanding. Rapani makuto bosha pariyaka yatuka bahande kete bosha ya lo preke de mona hamba soto boriyaka yelo hone mahanda koroba hunde sede yapra koroba sempra kile bohoria yenderi ba mama masanda rabaha ruhase tebo yapra kune hede koriya mana. Little holy Abba, Yella Hande Kriaba, Yakoraba Hasa, Kompani Kereba, Come on, somebody's praying. Somebody's present. Lobo Kereba, under an open heaven. Experience open heaven. Yapokore Hende Koromasha, let your soul, the depth of your soul. Respond to the highest heaven. Let the deepest part of you respond to the highest heaven. Present in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Ramana bahanda kura bahanda kete bosu prava yeli hene mahose de bahanda kodo bosaya ba ingre mana katutu bahanda kete bohuse yali ano mahano ilo alaka ne bleke so ye bleko de hede so ya hade he yalo ane hendo koriya mana zaya rokariya bara kodo bahaja I want you to pray through and bless every barrier let every barrier between you. And your miracle crumble. 
Let every wall sink. Let every resistance be subdued. Let there be deep disposition for breakthrough in you. The pose, everything imposed against your life by the evil one. The pose, everything imposed not by God. Uproot every tree that is not planted by God in your life. Uproot every plan not planted by God. Move every mountain. Break every barrier. Cross every coast. Paralyze every problem. Subdue every insurrection. Everything that is trying to rise against you. Pull down every high thing. Pull down every stronghold. Cast down every contrary imagination. Everything that exalts themselves against the knowledge of God. Bring them down. Let the Lord alone be exalted. Let your spirit be quickened. Let your spirit rise. Yamara Bahanda Kurabasha Krabahanda Karaba. Yeblakerebona Mahanda Sambrabahada Karabasha. Somebody is praying truth. Somebody is pressing truth. Somebody is breaking forth. Somebody is breaking forth. Somebody is breaking forth. Somebody is breaking forth. Somebody is breaking loose. There is a turn around. There is a turn around. There is a turn around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, begin to worship the Lord on your own. On your own. Begin to give Him thanks. Begin to give Him thanks. There has been a breakthrough for somebody. There has been a breakthrough. There's a turn around already for somebody. Things are falling in place for somebody. Things are falling in line for somebody. Everything that has been out of place before is coming to place. Everything that has been out of order before is coming in place. Things are lining up. Come on, give God praise. Open your mouth and say, Lord, I give you thanks. Lord, I give you praise. Because you are worthy. Because you are good. Because you are faithful. Lord, I exalt you. I magnify you. I worship you for who you are. I thank you for all you have done. I thank you for what you are doing. I worship you for great and mighty things that I'm about to experience. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. Lord, we praise Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. You are one. You are one. 
Already there is a breakthrough for somebody. I see, I see someone. It's like everything just kept falling out of place for you in succession. Things that used to be in place before. Things that were lined up for you and you were making progress from one level to another. Suddenly it seems like everything just began to fall out of place. It's falling out of order. You, the more you tried, the more they fell apart. You couldn't just hold things together. And I heard you say, I have done all I know to do. But nothing seems to be working. And I saw the hand of God straight towards you. I saw that woman. I see this man. And he's saying, I'm bringing everything back in line. Everything that are falling out of place. Out of order is falling back in place by the hand of the Almighty. Call it restoration, call it realignment, call it repositioning. Oh, this is a significant moment for somebody. Listen to me. I have the Spirit of God saying. The same way the crisis hits you. Beyond your comprehension. The same way the miracle of restoration is hitting you. It's going to be, don't try to figure it out. The same way you experience affliction. Beyond comprehension. The peace and prosperity of God. Beyond all understanding. Is coming. It's coming into your soul right now. Listen, I'm speaking what I'm hearing. Everything that fell apart for you is coming back together. It's coming back together. In a more glorious way. Including lost opportunities. Including lost position, lost investments, lost property. The hand of the Lord is straight forth, straight before you, and everything is lining up. Mark, I feel the anointing of God right now. You will testify. I say, You will testify. Within the next few months, you will be so amazed. You will be so amazed. By the turn of the year, by the time it's one year, all true, and you look back, you wouldn't believe all that God has done. I hear you say, within the space of one year, from that program, because as we move from faith to faith, you are moving from strength to strength. 
I say you are moving from strength to strength. Amen. If you believe it, shout a big amen. Amen. As we move from faith to faith, I see you change from glory to glory. From glory to glory. From level to a higher level. It's already happening. It's already happening. And the Lord is going to show you the pathway. He's going to show you his ways. And his oneness. I wanted to use this scripture to pray. I know this is a praying church. Before we all see them today. Psalm 119, 119. Let's put verse 17. Verse 17. It's a good scripture to pray. That's all you need this time. What we're going to read now. It says, Deal bountifully with your servant. That's me. That I may live and keep your word. To live there is to come alive. To, to be quickened. To be reversed. So this guy seems like I wasn't living before. Why was I not living? I was just existing. I was just coasting along. Why was that? Because I couldn't keep your word. Let's listen carefully. So please be very attentive tonight. You can't afford to go another one year cycle in the same state. Something must change tonight. You hear me? You need to hear what God will be saying to you tonight. He says, if you keep my word, you will live. And to be able to do that, he has to deal pontifically with you. Not scantily. He has to feed your soul abundantly. Amen. So, the prayer of this guy is Deal pontively. Speak massively to me. I don't want some sprinkle. I don't want some, some little drops of mercy. I need showers of prayer. I need showers of blessing. Somebody say, deal pontively. Lord, speak abundantly. Flow massively into my life. That I may come alive. A new lease of life. Empowered. To keep your word. Now let me talk to you. The word of God you keep. Is what keeps you. I told my kids. Drop the mentality. That you're trying to obey the word. It's very laborious trying to obey the word. How many am I obeying now? Yeah, I, I obey this one. I've not been able to obey this sure. one. And you're giving yourself some marks. Sure. Sure. The Bible says his commandments are not burdensome. They're not laborious. Listen carefully. His commandments are enablement. Empowerment. Amen. Endowment. Amen. They are not just regulations. They are not dictations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They are resources. Thank you, Lord. So when he's speaking to you, when his work comes to you, you are being resourced. Thank you, Lord. 
from the real source. You are connecting with your real source to receive resources. And the resources of God comes in form of his words. So when you receive the word as a resource, as an endowment, as an enablement, as an enrichment, you value it, then you keep it. You keep it. When you are given something of value, you keep it. You don't say, well, I want to obey it. You say, oh, I value it. I cherish it. Now you gave me a ritual the other time. I'm still keeping it. So it's not a problem. It's not a problem keeping it. And once you keep the word like that, it keeps you going. It lifts you to where it comes from. So deal pontively with me that I may come alive and keep your word. So you don't think any longer that the things God has you to do are burdensome. That paradigm must shift. That mentality must shift. Because as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. Once you feel the word of God is difficult, it's hard to keep, you're out of the game. Read the next verse. You're going to pray it up by yourself. Read the next verse. What does it say next verse? Verse 18. Everybody, can we read it together? Is it possible? Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from... Can you read it one more time loud? Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things. So this is what he's saying. Behind the letters of the world that you can read, there are wonders. Talk to me, say there are wonders wonders. behind the words. There are wonders wonders. inside the word. But my spiritual eyes need to be open, need to be enlightened to see the wonders, the wonderful workings of God behind the letter. Behind the world. Now listen carefully. Education can help you read the letter. But it can help you see the wonders in the world. And if you can't see it, you can't seize it. If you can't see it, you cannot seize it. In the realm of the spirit, what you see is what you seize. What you see is what you embrace. If you can't see it, no vision, no possession. Did you get that? And all the wonders of God are in his word. As a matter of fact, God himself is like his word. Encounter with God is by encountering his word. So the devil will be playing a master stroke on you if you disconnect. And can't see what God wanted to see in the world tonight. Then you may have to repeat the same course. And go the same cycle. For months, for years. But if you can see the wonders, you become a wonder. As a matter of fact, I can go on. In the same Psalm 119 verse 47 or 46 somewhere. He says, show me the ways of your world. Then I will see your wonders. So there are ways in the world. The way to my miracle. 
the way out of my crisis, the way to my breakthrough, the way to my progress, the way for me to rise up. Come on now, begin to pray deep pontifically with me. Give me life and reach me. Open my eyes. Show me your way. Somebody need to pray. Somebody's praying. Deal with me. Open my eyes. I don't want scantiness. I don't want sparing dealing. I need abundant dealing. Open my eyes. Show me your ways. Show me your wonders. Show me the pathway to life. To my miracle. To the next level. To my destiny. Show me the way out of my crisis. Somebody's praying. I will see it and I will seize it. I will see it and I will embrace it. Rabokata by great gain possession. By reason of your vision to me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. No, 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 no. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. If you pray and you have faith, I want to hear the voice of faith saying a bigger amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Okay, you're going to say two more. Because your amen is causing some earthquake. Your amen is hitting some, some, some foundations of hell. Your amen is going to uproot some trees of evil. Your amen is going to sink some wall of Jericho. I say in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Come on, put your hands together and shout of God, a shout of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, what do we call the, the singers? Ministers of God. Powerful, glorious. You look like angels. Palm Chalet. And your husband and everyone. All of you. Love you guys. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All a joy to be here tonight. Um, I was saying to uh, a daughter Irene, I said, uh, it feels like three years. She said, yeah, actually five years. But that's how I know people that are accurate in the spirit. Some people try to say, you know, Papa Chosan, it was just last year. Then you, you know, which calendar are you using? <laughs> so it's just such a job. We're at the airport yesterday morning, and uh, Pastor Eric, Pastor Bad, Dr. Manuel, Staidit, Ryan, and the rest. And uh, I said, no, you're senior guy. If this is all we came to do, that's okay. I said, we can go back now. Pastor Bad said, mm, not really. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? Um, just being together is something. 
and I don't want to deviate because we have, a, we have a heavy stuff to deal with tonight. But, you know, I was sharing with one of our pastors before we came. I said, you've served so well, so let me show you some latest things. Um, that there is what proximity, both internally and externally do. Now, you can be close, literally, externally. There can be physical proximity, and there is no spiritual proximity. And you can be at two ends of the earth, and you're closer than your next door neighbor. There's spiritual proximity. You get it? I think that's what it it does. So, if you can marry the two, when people who are connected spiritually, when they come together physically, what Elijah told Elisha takes place. You want a double portion of my spirit? He didn't say anointing. Say the spirit that drives you. What makes you you? What brought you thus far? What is taking you up to heaven? I want double of that spirit. Elijah said you ask a difficult thing. And I say, quit asking simple things. Because God does not operate in the level of simple things. That's your realm. Listen carefully. He said, you ask a difficult thing. But if you see me, when I'm taken up, you get it. If you don't see me, you won't. And they were together. So it's possible to be physically present and not see And when you see, by reason of spiritual focus and proximity, anything is possible. Hard things become simple. So that's why I'm excited that some of us are together. You get it? So it's good to see you. Help me tell you, it was good to see Pastor Tio. It's, it's 10 years. Yeah. Farai and Tabina is how many years? Help. Yeah. Come on, give somebody, just before you get into the spirit, tell somebody, let me greet you now, because I don't want to be distracted. Let me greet you. Let's do all the greetings now. Tell somebody, I'm about to take off. I'm about to take off. So let's do the show shirt. All right, praise God. We're going to have more times to, to connect. We'll have a serious job to do tonight. Faith to faith. And like uh, my wife said, we just came in from that part of, the, of Nigeria. They're the oil, the petroleum producing region. It's called the South-South region. Uh, the, that city is like the capital city of the petroleum producing region. And so a lot of expatriate, a lot of foreign currency, a lot of militancy and all of this stuff. And a lot of Marine spirits, <laughs> everything is there. I'm serious. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen all of that. Well, the first time I went in 95, the Lord showed me the spirit walking under the system. But we, we experience things. Listen, we should be 30 something years in ministry now. We experience things in our poor record conference, faith to faith, that we've never. Now, this is not exaggeration. Exaggeration is a family member of lie. Yeah. 
Is it a cousin or a nephew or an uncle? Or, I don't know. But they're the same family. Okay. So there's no anointed exaggeration. So when I say things we've never experienced. Did you get what I'm saying? Instant miracle. Hopefully, in the course of the meeting, some may pop up. But let me just shock you with one. I haven't recovered. I haven't recovered. And I can't recover. Because I said, I have never seen such faith. No, not in Israel. Not in the Western world. Not in Asia. Not in Africa. Not in third phase of whichever world. We're about checking out of a five-star hotel. Right? A five-star hotel. I shouldn't give the name now. And we're all packed. Ready to go to the airport. And I was in my room. We had a presidential suit. So my wife had her own room. I had a different room. There's a big living room in between. They, they know that we need some space to pray. You know. So, anyway. And then my wife sent an assistant to me. and said, well, the hotel management for key people of the hotel management want to see you. I said, why? Did, did we break anything? Did we spoil anything? No. They said they need prayer. Why is it fine? Yeah, prayers. I mean, it's normal. <laughs> okay. So, pray, no problem. So, I said, let them wait. So, I came and saw four guys in suits. So, they are in business. The director of operations, director of front desk, director of guest relations, director of whatever, four of them. And so I said, okay, so you want us to pray? Let's pray. Um, they said, well, no, we need to present something. I said, okay, let's see that. You want to explain some problem? They sat down and they pulled out an envelope. A fat check from the hotel to me. <laughs> now, when I say fat, it's fat. <laughs> We're not saying 100,000. We're not saying, you get what I'm saying? It's fat. So I said, what is this? They said, yeah, we just, that's actually why we came. So I drew the envelope, I look at it, I said, I call my wife, I said, are we dreaming? I haven't seen it. What I experienced anywhere is at the last stage, they're trying to get more money from you. Either through VAT, there's a percentage, there's something you did not consider, or we're sorry, but you know, just do that. And yeah, and, and tips, and tips. You get it. And so what are you going to draw for us? Fat check. From the hotel. So, I was speechless. <laughs> so, I collected their cards. We prayed. We prayed. I couldn't, I can't remember what I prayed. I was confused. I was, the conference is over. They didn't come to the conference. None of them came. So let's stop there. Tell somebody any miracle is possible in the course of this meeting. Please, I'm going to say some things and let me tell you some of the gist we've been having. That's the real meeting before the meeting and after the meeting. Like last night we're up to after midnight. If you can Believe the ridiculous. You will experience the miraculous. 
So, if you can't accept the ridiculous, forget about the miraculous. Did you get the point? So, ridiculous is it doesn't make sense. So, does it make sense for a hotel to give you a big check more than what you pay to stay in the hotel? So, that's what God said. I'm going to do something. If you were told before, you won't believe it. It means it's ridiculous. But if you can't believe God for the ridiculous, you can't experience the miraculous. I'll tell you, there are ridiculous stuff in the word of God. Faith brings the ridiculous, confronts you with the ridiculous. And say, can you believe this? If you can believe, anything and everything is possible. Come on, say, my Lord and my God. I can feel your voice. My Lord and my God. I believe the unbelievable, the ridiculous for unprecedented, miraculous happenings in my life. All right, so enough, enough of introduction. All right. The message tonight, I need to set my time because the ground is soaked with anointing. The message tonight that we're dealing with in this first night, which is basically introductory, is what I call Turning radically to break forth supernaturally. Oh, if I'm going to say directly to you, I say, turn radically and break forth supernaturally. In other words, if you're going to break forth supernaturally, and every word is chosen and coded. If you're going to Break loose and break forth into what is called breakthrough dimension. You have to turn radically. You have to make a radical turn. And what he says to me, or what he's been saying to me, is what I come to say to you. And the way he says it, okay? So I'm not going to edit it. I'm going to give it to you raw, hardcore. You need to make some radical turn. If you're going to break forth unlimitedly. Now, some of us are in a hurry for supernatural breaking forth. You know why? The years we have ahead of us don't seem to be as many as the one behind us. At least the active years. And we're not in a hurry to die. We're not afraid of death. We believe in longevity. But you discover as you, as you advance in age, you streamline. Did you get what I'm saying? You streamline. You don't want to be everywhere. I mean, I've had my wife over and over. When we were younger, we wanted to be everywhere. So you can just say, let's go to Australia. Let's go to this. Let's go to that. It's, you know, it's never, no dull moment. 
This time, we're at the airport, business class, everything's comfortable. You say, you know what? I've lost interest in traveling. I said, but you will still travel anyway. <laughs> she said, it doesn't matter the class you travel. Do you still feel it anyway? I said, well, but we still have to keep traveling. So you, you start losing interest in some things. You, you, you want to prioritize the things that matter. Some few years ago, now we're, we're comparing notes. I told Pastor Eric, I say in a few years' time, I see very few churches where I will stand to minister in South Africa. But I see, I see the ground. And she was talking tonight about a solid ground and what have you. This is some years back. I said, the dimension I'm going into, I can't go everywhere. See, there are places they want me. I don't want to go. I can't go. Maybe it comes with age. I just said maybe. <laughs> Serious. I didn't tell my wife this. Before we left, the day before we went to the airport, I got a message. A friend of mine, who used to be the assistant general of herself, the ministry, is now to be sworn in as the general overseer. Okay? It's to take over as the general overseer. We've been friends. I've gone to preach for him. He's come to preach for me. And so he sends this quick message. I said, you know what? You should be the one that will preach on the last day of that annual conference. And, and I sent a message. I said, you know what? I wish it's before now I would have been there. But I can't be there. As the places I will be now are chosen. And they are predetermined and prearranged. I love you. I love to be there. But it's not possible. Did you hear what I'm saying? So, what that means is that the few places I will be, some things must break forth. It can be business as usual. It can be business as usual. As you streamline and minimize and give opportunity costs and, and, and choose some strategic, you know, line of engagement. The reason for that is you want maximum impact. You want maximum impact. So that's why every day of my life, I'm intense for a supernatural break and forth. I'm intense. Nothing will satisfy me. And I'm not looking for who is in alignment, who believes it, who wants it, who don't want it. Are you hearing me? You have to be intense. That's what it takes. The interesting part is when you get to this mode as you press, you begin to see more clearly. You gain clarity. You see pathways. You see the pathway to the miraculous. Suddenly you realize what is called miracle is not mystical. What is called miracle, signs and wonders 
are not mysterious. It is the onlookers that see them as mysterious. Did you hear what I'm saying? Psalm 103, somewhere there, he says, Moses knew the ways of God. But the children of Israel were seeing the acts. So for them, the acts of God just made them wonder. It's mysterious. It's miraculous. It's unpredictable. And you don't really know how it happens. Am I talking? But at every point in time, Moses knew what to do to activate the miracle. So for Moses, it was neither mysterious, mystical, as a matter of fact, got a point. It became normal. The new normal for Moses. May God show you his pathway. Have I lost your voice? Is going on. Uh, your voice needs to be up. May, may God show you his pathway. Where the miraculous become your new normal. Talk to me. Say it is possible. Yeah, let me drop this before I go back to my point. But every point is important, okay? You can choose anyone you don't want. But listen, don't miss this. You probably will not read this in any book as at now because it's fresh. Doctor, are you hearing me? Yep, listen. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 1 says... It came to pass when God was about to take Elijah to heaven. How was he going to take him? By wild wind. Now, this is the report of the onlookers. This is not Elijah speaking. And I bet you, not Elisha. Probably one of the sons of prophets. And if you read down the road, these sons of prophets, they were in different camps. From Giga to Jericho to Jordan. And all of them knew that Elijah was going to be taken to heaven. How? By a wild wind. They saw the vision. They got a prophecy. Have I lost you? The problem is there was no spiritual close-up. There was no spiritual proximity. So all they see taking Elijah was a wild wind. And it's not enjoyable. It's not pleasant. As a matter of fact, it's scary. Moses experienced the same thing. Moses, we see the glory of God. The children of Israel say, we see a consuming fire. We say, no, but I see glory. And he enters to the glory. And they're running away. They say, it's consuming. He said, no, it's cool. It's glory. It's there in your Bible, Exodus chapter 24, verse 17. It said the appearance of the glory of God was like a consuming fire or a devouring fire. How much say no, but that's glory. So these people were seeing wild wind. Now let me save you. From verse 9, there were 50 sons of prophets that stayed at a distance. As it this, this, this wind is going to happen now. Don't stay close. Just what? Just what? Just what? Watch Elijah. Elisha, if you love yourself, better back off. 
You better back. Elisha, Elisha. He said, hold your peace. I know what you know, but I have seen what you can see. I'm not backing off. You see whirlwind, I see something else. So they stayed at a distance. And they see, you see. They didn't know how Elijah parted Jordan. They had no idea. They were in a distance. They said, you know what? Maybe spirit just carried him. That's how Elijah is not going to be able to come back. Because the spirit that carried him across Jordan will not bring Elisha back. This guy's going to be stranded. Do you know there are people that still are far off analyzing, criticizing, appraising what God is doing? Let me help you. Why? You don't understand my language. Pastor Tio will understand. They are called Pharisee. Far. You stay afar to see. That's the meaning of Pharisee. Listen, every time you are judging something from a distance, you have taken the position of far, read, see. In my language, read is see. To read is to see. So you far, you read, and you see from afar. You are a Pharisee. So you are explaining. Am I talking to you? So listen carefully. Listen carefully. As they crossed the God of Jordan, only Elijah and Elisha knew how that river divided. Elijah took his mantle. He didn't parry. They went on the dry ground. And Elisha followed. He didn't care. He, he wasn't thinking, am I going to come back? Now, he seen something. He seen something that he didn't see. He knew it was not wild wind that carried him across. He has seen that there's a mechanism that can part the river of obstruction before you. It's not mystical. There's a mechanism. He said, okay, I'm watching. That's the more reason I have to close up. Now, when they cross, Elijah says, Elisha, you try. Now, ask anything you want me to do for you. He didn't tell the other guys. That's when he asked a difficult thing, a hard thing. Did you get the point? And he said, if you see me, if you see me when I'm taking off, you will get double portion of my soul. If you don't, you're not going to get nothing. So from that moment, you have to use your imagination. Elijah locked up with Elisha. He locked up. The Bible says as they were going, they were talking. They were talking. Because how will I not see you? I'm with you. So, whatever is going to happen, let it happen. Now, the Bible says, as they were talking, not wild wind, chariot, what is that? Chariot of fire appear with horses of fire. The other guy saw what? Wild wind. What did Elijah see? Chariot of horses and chariot of fire. And it separated them. So Elisha felt it. Then he shouted. He shouted. My father. My father. The horsemen of Israel. And the chariot of Israel. And the horsemen. I see what you are made of. 
I see what is. I now know it's not why win. And he tore his own cloth and put Elijah's cloth and came back with Elijah's mantle to that same Jordan and did what Elijah did. He has experienced part of what Elijah experienced. The thing answered. The onlookers. They said, we don't know how it happened. The white women have dropped Elijah somewhere. But the spirit of Elijah is now on Elijah. And they submitted to him. They said, the city is pleasant on the surface, but it's cursed on the ground. Come and do something. See, Lord. Come and tell the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm closing up. I'm closing in. I want to see the inner working of your miraculous power. I don't want to be seeing wild wind without seeing the chariot of fire and the horses of fire. Say, Lord, I receive it. So, I will see together. Alright, so what did you call the message? Turning radically to break forth supernatural. On your own, you can check the meaning of the word radical. Did you get that? The word radical, listen, I just gave you a tip. To affect something radically is to deal with the origin, to deal with the roots, to deal with the foundational structure of that thing. It's to deal with something radically. So, if we're saying you're going to turn radically, you're going to turn from your root, your origin, your fundamental structure. What makes you you? Even your gene will be affected. Your DNA will be affected. Your mentality will be affected. Everything that you got inherently that constitute you to be you as you are will be affected before you can say it's radical. So when you talk of radical changes, whether it's political or economical, it means you're going to the origin, you're going to the root, you're going to the foundation. Am I talking? And it's interesting. Uh, because tomorrow, we're going to be dealing Wait, how the force of faith will radically, the fundamentals of faith will radically change the narrative of your Christian life. Please trust me, tomorrow night, you're going to see faith in a new light. As you've never seen it. By the presence of God. It will radically alter you that it becomes impossible for you to fail. It will be, listen to me, it will be impossible for you not to achieve what God wanted to achieve. For you not to fulfill your glorious destiny. That is, you will be so altered. It will be impossible 
for you not to overcome any obstacle. Whatever obstacle is between you now and what is meant for you, by the time we're done tomorrow night, you see yourself scaling them. Tell somebody, don't miss it. Don't miss it. All right, so enough introduction about that. In turning Radcliffe to break forth supernaturally, I have three points. Then we'll pray for tonight. And the, these points are in ABC. So when I say three points, don't just limit it to three. Point one I want to introduce you to the fact or remind you or refresh your mind the fact that there are various degrees of turning that is needed to attain right mentality. You don't develop or attain right paradigm, right mentality, right mindset without some degrees of turning. Is that simple enough? I need some response, please. If you, yeah, if you are quiet on me, then I feel like, okay, you get what I'm saying. So are we connected? Come on, shout a big amen. Say, I need some degrees of turning. Various dimensions of turning radically to break forth. Supernatural. The mentality you need to create a new reality cannot take effect except you start turning. So if you don't want to turn, you can sign off from this conference now. Yeah. If you want to remain as you have been, you're not a candidate for this meeting. Someone wrongfully invited you. I'm serious. If you're okay the way you are, where you are, how things have been, then this is the wrong meeting. If you're ready to turn, welcome on board. So let me show you at least three dimensions under that point one of turning. Three degrees and dimensions of turning. And I'm glad my doctor teacher is here. I teach ritual thing, he teach me the other one. Then we compare notes. <laughs> That's why we love to hang around together. And we haven't talked politics, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the new arrangement in Zim. We need to talk about it. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are you guys laughing? All right, so let's be in the spirit. <laughs> I told them after you left the airport, I said, I didn't bring it up because I wanted us to still be in the spirit. Yeah, so. Point one of turning, the first kind of turning, is based on the fact that Listen carefully. If not all of us, most of us were born naturally with head upside down. By the time your mother was ready to deliver, you have done some turning in the womb. And your head came out first. Now in our place, many years ago, some guys used to try to come with legs. And they have a special name for them. So those guys, they almost killed their mom. They bring 
one leg and they are tearing the woman. And they give them a special name and worship them for being so difficult. Now, medical science have advanced. All these gynecologists, they don't take those nonsense anymore. If they see you trying to come with leg, they turn you with forceps. They say, my friend, come on, bring your head. We don't want, we don't want nobody coming with legs. Don't, don't kill the woman. If you're not ready to turn, they, they do see as they cut the woman and bring you out. Come out the right way. Praise the Lord. So, the normal way of coming to the earth, to the wall, naturally, is head down. That's good. The tragedy is that most people and many, both within and outside church, continue life with head down. They haven't turned. You are growing, but your head is down. And we just need to subject your thinking to critical analysis. We will know you are thinking head down. You see people with your head down. You judge issues with your head down. The economy of your nation, you, can't, you don't understand because your head is down. You don't understand the politics. You don't know what the masters of the earth. There are earth masters. You don't know what they know. So you don't know how they make things work because your head is down. That's why Jesus says in Luke 16, he said the children of this world are wiser. Because their heads are up. Are you hearing? Now it's okay to be born head down. But it's a tragedy to remain that way. And think you will progress upward. Because wherever your head turns to, that's where you're going. If your head is down, you keep going down. Now, let me talk to you. Read your Bible very well. Whether it's Psalm 5 or whatever Psalm. God is not the lifter up of your legs. He's the lifter up of your head. So, if your head remains down, God can pull you up. You are not ready for promotion. You will keep going down. Except you can turn. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Except you can. Tell somebody, I'm ready to turn. I can't afford to remain head down. Whatever is the implication. Listen carefully. Do you know why you don't understand scriptures? You're reading it with your head down. Why you don't understand spiritual things? Your head is down. Why you don't understand how faith works? Your head is down. Why you don't understand this is of giving and tithing and what you call it again? Your head is down. Why you don't understand these pastors and these church people? Why are you enjoying your head is down? You see everything upside down. Let me talk to you. Listen. Except when we write a book, you can read a book about this. This is God coming to my room and talking to me and saying, let me describe your life until recently. And he showed me the point at which he turned me. Now when I thought I had become a believer, 
They say you are a believer, but you believe him head down. It took an encounter to turn. Some are face down, some are head down. That's why you hear prophets say, Arise! Your light has come. Your light has come, but your face is down. You can see it. You're lying down, face down. Prostrate. In affliction and oppression. That's what Amplified says of Isaiah 60 verse 1. The Bible says in Exodus 6 verse 9 that God sent Moses to talk to the children of Israel. But because of the anguish of soul, they have turned their head upside and put their face in the dust. They couldn't hear what God sent Moses to say to them. So when your face is down, your head is down, even when God is speaking, you aren't hearing. God comes to your rescue, but you can't see nothing. Your miracle is before you, is around you, but you can't see it. So you know how God taught me, listen, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a servant of God, I'm surrendered, I'm totally yielded. That's why it's not, it's not safe to come at a close range like my wife does. Only this woman can accommodate my excesses like that. Because I do crazy things. Do crazy things. So I'm in my room. And God says, you know what you used to do when you were in elementary school? I said, yeah. He said, put your head down, raise your leg up. How many of you did that before? Yeah. Uh, if you didn't do that, you didn't go to school. <laughs> you didn't go to the right school. But before you went to school, you started doing it. You put your head down, with your hand down, and you raise your leg up. And the competition is who can stay longer without feeling dizzy. How long can you stay? And how, how much can you spin with your head down? And some guy can even try to walk with their hands. Is that right? Now listen. So he asked me to do that in my room. Imagine your wife comes and he sees you. Reverend man of God. So I'm just saying, Lord, this is not fair. This is not fair. He said, remain that position. And now start describing the things in your room. I lost my bearing. I didn't even know which spot I was anymore. After I was, I said, Lord, I got it. He said, that's how many of my people live. That's why things aren't working. That's why you're not seeing things appropriately. Remember the man in Mark 8 that Jesus tried to heal? Yeah. spat on his face? And say, do you see anything? He said, I see men like trees walking. That's head down. Oh, Jesus said, oh no. We need to start all over. We need to start all over. It's not working. <laughs> because, yeah. Trees don't walk. Men are not stationary. So to see men like trees walking about. That's how you're going to be judging them. You treat men like trees. You can cut them. You can do anything. You can connect with them. Okay, so let me touch you again. That's the tongue. So now you understand some scriptures. 
Are we together? The first scripture I want you to understand with that is First Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. The prophet Samuel, listen, met this guy called Saul, who was going to be the first king of Israel. But the guy's head was turned down. He wasn't looking for kingdom or kingship. He was looking for lost donkeys. God had kingdom affairs for him. He was into donkey affairs. Are we talking about that? So I said there is faith for donkey affairs. There is faith for kingdom affairs. This guy is using his faith to look for donkeys. This is all about business. And God is saying, he's telling the angels, this guy is no reason. Our desire is him. We want him to become captain of the people. We want him to lead the people. We want to anoint him. But his head is down. He's looking at the wrong things. He's looking for the wrong thing. He's going to the wrong. Ah! What are we going to do? So, divine providence have to make sure they went to the man of God, to the prophet. And the job of the prophet is to turn him. Listen. And this word, many of us cannot surrender. The job of your pastor is after God has turned him himself, is to turn him the way God turned him. So if you surrender to me now, the way God made me put my head down, I'm going to ask you in my office, put your head down, raise your leg up. <laughs> you know why soldiers are terrible? The way they were trained is the way what they're going to dish out to you. <laughs> That's why prophets are terrible. Your God don't spare them. Okay, so I'm, I'm not going to do that because it's just scared now. So, your pastor's job is to turn you. But you know, can I be myself? I'm my own person. I don't want anybody encroaching my privacy. Look at my people telling me what to do. Is that why I'm in church? You're not turning. And if you don't turn, nothing will turn. I can assure you, you're going nowhere but down. Pray all you can until you turn. You keep going down. I know prayer warriors that are going down. I'm serious. They haven't seen nothing. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. That marriage can't work. Except both with tongue. And see things differently. A miracle happened some, a couple of months, just about two months ago in my office. You know this guy. I was asking you yesterday. This guy was one of the pastors I brought to visit you in Cape Town many years ago. He's an apostle now. And we, we've lost track. You know, I don't understand when people were connected, and after a while, we don't see ourselves. I say, well, breakthrough is the corporate. But when we connect, we start praying for breakthrough. So when breakthrough comes, you know, <laughs> the great space. So, I mean, you don't take that personal. I'm breaking through. I'm breaking through. So somewhere, somewhere, we'll meet again. To cut the long story short, this guy's been away from me for like 15 years. And I'm not offended. Bless his heat, I'm not offended. Then the wife comes from the blues. 
you are my only daddy. I say, how? From where to where? 15 years? Um, he says, but our marriage has fallen apart. As a matter of fact, now I'm thinking I'm filing for divorce. Both of us have gone astray. We have missed it. We have missed it. I mean, and she said unprintable things. I said, I need to visit. She visited me and showed me proofs. By the time she was done, I was sick. Listen to me. And I said, you know what? It took how many years to get to this situation? We can't fix it in a hurry. I said, you know what? I'm not even excited to get into it. I say, I have enough, I'm handling. The only thing I can do is to help you to restore your own soul. Because until he restores your soul, he can't bring you to a table prepared. He can't restore your marriage, your relationship, your business, or nothing until he restores your soul. And restoring your soul is repositioning you. It's turning you the right. You get what I'm saying? So I said, you know what I'm going to do? So I connected her with her messages. I said, just go and be listening to these messages. At least to sanitize yourself. I, I believe that that will give me space. So she went. She wept. She did this. I wasn't moved. So she went and started listening to her messages. And then after like two weeks, she gave me feedback. Ah, this is working. The message is working. She's preaching the messages back to me. She's formed a connect group of other pastors' wives that they're listening together. Now, she's always with a peace and he's listening. And he's no more hearing the negative things the husband is saying, so she can't reply anymore. And the husband is saying, but what are you listening? You know what? You are not hearing what I'm hearing. Now listen. So the man became a, what are you hearing? When he find out that it was my message, you have gone to him? You've got, I know you've gone to spoil me. She said, no, I'm helping myself. But she said, I have changed my language. One of the messages said, change your language. I said, Jesus kept on. It gets interesting. Then another day, she called me. Daddy, 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 daddy. I woke up this morning. I went by my husband's room by the door and I heard him saying, the God of Abraham Samuel, you don't want to deliver me. Deliver me. By fire, deliver me. He said, Daddy, it's working. The message is working. Long story short. So, see, she came again and said, I need to come. She came for a pastor's meeting we had. She came. The husband said, don't go. He said, I'm going. I said, you are not big. <laughs> Your husband is not neighbor, but you are big. <laughs> so she came. And after that, she now said, next thing, let my husband come and see you. <laughs> I said, you know what? I told my, my wife, said, are you ready? Do you have the time to fix all this problem? I said, no. Just let's give them time. This woman said, I know the day he sees you, he will change. I said, I don't have that faith now. He said, I'm sure. So she arranged it and they came together. No rehearsal. 
Take, take no thought what you're going to say. This is like I'm taking before judgment. So, to call the long story, so by the time we spend some time together, the man is rolling on the ground. seen the real wife I married. I didn't know my wife. Now I can see her. The wife is rolling on the other side. Now I can see my husband. I'm serious. The whole of office was vibrating. My pastor was asking them, is that the same? Is man of God say? They're shouting, sweating. I didn't know you. We have been married for 18 years, 22 years. I didn't know you. You know what happened? They turn. The Lord just told me, if they turn, they will see what I have never seen before. So in that Paracord meeting, they were the pick of the park. When we finished the minister meeting, I called them. I said, come and tell your story. It was explosion. These guys being grounded. When they came to Lagos, I have to pay their transport back. Within three weeks, one month, when I went by, he gave me a fat envelope. He said, sir, the church has changed. My kids have changed. My finances have changed. I see things differently. Tell somebody the Lord is turning you to that. Tell another person everything about you will turn around. For the better. We're not telling theory. This is not theory. So you understand. First Samuel 10 says, look at what Samuel said to that guy. Because your problem is what God has for you is far above what you are struggling for, what you are aiming for, what you are frustrated that I've been trying to get this and I couldn't get it. And God said, He's upside down. So what Samuel said to this man. He said, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Oh, come on, somebody say, that's me. Do you know? Listen, listen, that's what happened to Mary. Mary told the angel, you say, I'm, I'm going to conceive now and give back to the greatest miracle man ever lived. I've never known him. I've never slept with any man. I'm not going to do it until I do my wedding. The angel said, the spirit of God will come upon you. The spirit, the power of the most will overshadow you. Something will develop in you. So the same thing. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy. With, you start doing what you were not doing before. You will change your language. To prophesy is to, to be seeing the invisible and speaking the inaudible. Did somebody hear me? You are no longer saying the obvious. You are speaking as you are moved by the Spirit. You are saying what God is showing you. It's a valley of dry bone, but God is showing you an army. Am I talking? See, you prophesy with them. And what will happen after that? You be turned into another. Hey! So, to be turned. So, so that you become a new man, a new person, taking a new position, seeing new perspective. 
with new understanding. The spirit needs to come on. You can't do it yourself. Come on, somebody say, Holy Ghost! Turn me to another person. You can read it down. That's exactly what happened. So connect this with New Testament. You now understand John 3. Nicodemus came. He's the teacher of the truth. He's, he's, he's attained to the pinnacle of his profession. Right? He's an authority. He's, he's been celebrated. And he came to Jesus. He said, you're trying. God is with you. Well, we know when God is with somebody. Nobody can do what you do if God is not with him. We have checked you critically. Keep, keep up the good job. Jesus said, you aren't seeing now. You are trying to describe what you are not seeing. Because your head is down. So which means you can be making progress in your profession. With your head down. But that's not God pulling you up. So the more they lift you up, the more you struggle with identity crisis. Inferiority complex. People are envying you. You are envying them. Hello. Now Jesus, Jesus is amazing. This, be, 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 be polite. Be sociable. Be diplomatic. This guy has said some nice things. Every good tongue deserves another. He said some nice things. Say nice things, Jesus. Jesus said, verily, verily. I say to you, except you are tongue. Except you are born from above. Because the first time you were born with your head down. If they are going to burn you from above, they're going to turn you. And stop. Listen, Greek didn't say born again. If you read young literal translation, it didn't say born again, it said born from above. So English is just trying to explain that. So say born again. So what we call born again is to be born from above. And to be born from above. In verse 5, he explains, says to be born of the spirit and of water. Water there is the word of God. The word is spirit and life. Are you listening? So Jesus is saying, except the spirit of God, by the word of God, we turn you. From that natural state you have been, all your life, you can't see the reign of God. Go back to verse, what verse? go to verse 3. Go back to verse 3. Go back to verse 3. Verse 3. Did you see that? Jesus is a very well, I say to you, if, a, if anyone may not be born from above, he is not able to see the reign of God. Jesus said, I'm in the reign of God. God is reigning through me. That's what kingdom of God means. I'm operating by the reign of God. And you are trying to describe it. You are not seeing it. Because all you have achieved is in that natural position. With your natural senses, with your theology, everything is with your natural mind. You need to be born from above. Then you start seeing what God is doing. 
In other words, God is working. You are not seeing it. What you are trying to describe is not even just being a church member doesn't mean you are rightly turned. There are too many people in church with their head down. That's why they take wrong decisions. That's why they walk away on their pastors. And after they start regretting and lamenting, I didn't even know what I did. I didn't know what came upon me. And then it now becomes, I remember the good old days. Once your head is down, you will be making decisions that are down wrong. The ways that seems right to you will be ways of destruction. You will forsake the right way and go crooked ways. You will forsake the right company and join wrong companies. Do you get what I'm saying? You forfeit your glorious destiny. Opportunity you walk away from. You leave the straight path and go into pathless way inside bush. You leave the bridge, the connecting bridge to the next place and you go the other direction. Come on, somebody talk to me. Say, Lord, turn me. Say, you got to be turned. Come on, speak in tongues if you can. I need some turning, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord, I need to be turned, Jesus. I need to be turned, Jesus. Rakada Mahanda Shayabaha. Lekereba. Oh, I need it. the move of your spirit, the touch of your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So let me add to that. Listen. Let me add to that. So that's it. The first turn. I believe you understand that. That's the first turn. This natural position, uh, it gets worse. It makes you behave like a beast. With due respect. So we see it in the Bible. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Look at Job. If you don't turn, you'll be behaving like a four-footed beast. Listen, only human being can stand erect, straight, and walk straight, and look up, and go straight. If an ape tried to do it, it's not going to be very straight. You get what I'm saying? And it can't stay long. The best position for beast is head down. Hands down. Human beings are made in the image of God. Listen to me. And they are meant to stand upright. Listen. So, if you can't live an upright life, you are living a beastly life. Well, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm not married, but I can't do without having sex. That's animalistic. You're just yielding to animal instinct. You're putting your feelings above reasoning. And you keep hurting. That's the truth. And there's no boundary. They just play safe. There's no boundary. That's among animals, there's no boundary. Anything goes. Once there's consent. Isn't that? Mutual consent. But no boundary, no specificity. There's, there's nothing like, uh, you know. All right. Job, 
<laughs> oh Lord, help me. Job 18 verse 3. Quickly. Job 18 verse 3. What does he read? How does he read? Can we read it? Why are we counted as what? As beasts and regarded stupid in your sight. Because we are, our head is down. Do you know there are people that look at church people and feel that these people <laughs> you got it? <laughs> Their head is somewhere. You know, they can't even see the obvious. Did you get it? We are regarded as beasts. Counted as beasts and regarded as now, this is not an insult. Go to Psalm 49, verse 20. Quickly, quickly. What does he read? Help me. Help me. Psalm 49, verse 20. Can we get it? A man who is in honor, yet does not understand the principle of honor. It's like what? The beast that perishes. And one distinguishing factor between humans and beasts is that human can stand upright. Beasts have to bend over with their head down. When you don't have understanding of the principle of honor, of the honor and the dignity that God has for how God wants you to live as someone made in his image with authority, you're like beasts. So what you should dominate will be dominating you. Come on, somebody say, God help me! So we need to understand principles of honor. Even though you like beast. In Psalm 32 verse 8, look at this. These are prayers you should pray for yourself. God said, I will instruct you and I will teach you the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now, but you know, God's eye is not, it's not in the dust. If he's going to guide you with his eyes, you must lift up your eyes, your head. You must look up to him. If you look around, you'll be confused. If you look back, you'll be confounded. If you look down, you'll be grounded. The only place to look is up. So I can guide you with my eyes. God said, I want us to make eye contact. But many times we're busy looking at people and looking at situations and circumstances. We can't look up. So God, I want to teach you. I want to instruct you. I want to guide you with my eye. And if you look to me, you'll be radiant. You'll not be put to shame. My countenance will shine upon you. But look at the next line. What does he say next verse? Do not be like a horse or like a donkey, a moon, which have no understanding. Which must be harnessed with beats and breeding, as they will not come near you. So God said, There are people I'm trying to instruct them and teach them and use my eyes to guide them. But they're like horses and like mules, like donkeys, except you put rope and pull them. They can't, they can't do the right thing. That's head down. I need someone to say, my Lord and my God, turn me 
and make me upright. Is that serious? Let me give you one more. Psalm 73 verse 22. This is David. This is where David said my feet were almost gone. When I was watching sinners. How they were progressing. Then he says, I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. If there's anything which was God to deliver us from, is foolish reasoning. Foolish decision. Foolish consideration. Including trying to cancel God. The Bible says, who has been his counselor? His words will cancel you. You are trying to tell God what to do. God, if you don't do this and do this, it's not going to work here. And I'll stop going to church. David said, I was foolish. I was ignorant. I was like, so when you're foolish and ignorant, like beast. You are in honor, but you don't understand. You're like beast. Did you get that? David said, until I went to the house of God. He guided me with his cancer and received me to glory. Somebody talked to me, say, I see. So we can go on and on. So did you see why we need to turn? We need to You have to be brutal with yourself in telling truth and say, I have been foolish. That's to be radical. The way I've been reasoning, the way I've been relating, the way I've been behaving. No, 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 no. When I check my actions, when I check my decision, I'm not consistent. I'm not lining up. I'm not. God says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Then I ask the question, if God disowns your thoughts, where are those thoughts from? If it's not God's thought, it's from someone else. So every thought, every consideration you entertain that is not from God, your thought is you thinking. It's been transmitted to you. From somewhere. By someone that I will not even dignify to mention his name. So if you want to be wise and stop being stupid and stop being like beasts, head down. You have to say, Lord, I want your thoughts. I want your will. I want your way. And it's all in your word. Your thoughts are in your word. Whatever your word says, I take it like that. It doesn't have to seem reasonable. I will hold on to it. I will embrace it. It will become part of me. Until your thoughts become my thoughts. That's why he calls them God. Unto whom the word of God came. Who embraced it. The word of God turns you. From beastly level. From mere human level. And bring you. At least into the category of God. At least as children of God. Are we talking? Stretch your hand towards me. Say, Lord, turn him. Come on, pray for me. Pray for me. You don't need it. Say, Lord, turn him, turn him, turn him. (laughs) 
Pro, why do we need to turn? Proverbs 15, 24. Why do we need to turn? I've lost count. Why do we need to turn? Can we read it together? This is very vital. Everybody read it loud, please. Can we read one go? For the wise. So as long as I keep going down, I'm hell bound. Hell is Hades. It's a realm. It's a state. It's an experience. Before it's a place. No one ends in the literal, no one end in the literal hell except your hell has entered your mind. Except you're experiencing hell, the frequency of hell to some extent. Am I talking to you? The way of life is upward. You know what he's saying? Until I turn and start going upward, I'm not living. You get it. Unfortunately, what they call high life is going down. You, you know, when people, when people take hard drugs, alcohol, there are spirits. You know, there are alcohol, there are spirits. Spirit? You know them? That's the real deal. <laughs> so, when you, have, when you have taken and you are saturated, they say you are high. But you behave high? See, that shows you the whole world is upside down. The whole world. Now, how can you call something in the bottle? Spirit. Spirit is not containable. Huh? You package something in the bottle and call it spirit. And that when you take it very well or you sniff some stuff or smoke some, you will be and the higher you feel, the lower your life goes. Yeah. Including your relationship, your finance, your everything goes. Your heart. And they say your heart. That's, that's not the way of life. That's upside down reason. And here is somebody arguing. Does it mean a Christian can handle this? Oh, yeah, a Christian can do that as long as that is done. Head down Christian can drink anything and smoke anything. It's okay. But you're not going up. If you're going to go up, he says, be filled with the spirit of God and don't be drunk with wine. Say, I choose the way of life. So, to turn is also to repent. See, Acts chapter 3, verse 26. Some of us don't need this, but some people here need that. Because the first turning you need, as I'm talking, is to say, Lord, I repent. You know what repent means? It's not a religious language. It's not demeaning. Repent means I change my mind. I change my mind. I change my position. Now I can see better. I change my perspective. I will start thinking differently. Look at some. I mean, Acts 3, 26. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to do what? No, no, no. Sent Jesus to do what? To do what? 
the first thing and the main reason God sent Jesus to you is to bless you. He hung on the cross to carry your curses so that the blessing of Abraham can come on you. Now, do you know that most people believe if I repent and receive Jesus, I will know my enjoy life. Okay, I won't have fun anymore. It's going to make my life miserable. That's upside down. The main reason God, Jesus took human form and became a servant and God sent him to you the reason you've been hearing about Jesus is knocking your door and hearing the gospel. He wants to bless you. How does he bless you? By turning away every one of you from your... Why? Because iniquity sin. Sin means missing the mark. Sin means falling short. Sin is a trap. Sin is Satan and serpent in your nature. Sin is death sentence. Sin activates the consequences of curses. So, Jesus loves you so much, he wants to bless you. But if he blesses you and you remain in your sin, your blessing will become a curse. So, the beginning of being blessed is to let him turn you from your sin. And there are some sin you can no more turn yourself because you are trapped. So you have to cry and say, Lord Jesus, turn me. Bless me by turning me. Set me free. I've been there. I know when you really pray a minute, you won't understand how it happened. It will happen. And even you will be surprised. Am I talking to you? And it's all over scriptures. That to turn is to repent. Huh? Proverbs 1, 22, verse 23. He says, turn at my rebuke and I will pour my spirit upon you. He says, if you don't turn, when your trouble, calamity comes, I will laugh at you. You can go on. So let's leave that. So you have seen the first dimension of turning. Now, in our church, I say there's 180 degree turning. That's what we've dealt with now. If you're upside down, you need 180 degree. So that when you turn, you are facing the opposite direction. Your head now is going up. Is that right? That's 180. Now, there are different degrees. Some people, you've made 180 degree turn, but later you slanted. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You just bend like And the issue, spiritually, is wherever your head goes. That's where you'll be going. So, instead of progressing, you now start going sideways. And the farther you go, the more the gap. From your destiny and your glory. So maybe you now need another 15 degree, 45 degree turn to come back in a line. So some need 180 tonight. Some need just some little to come in a line. But let me shock you. Even when you have turned like me, when God came to my room, I felt I was okay. Ah, at my level, okay. I, I tried. I tried. I said, God, if you don't commend me, I commend myself. I have come a long way. <laughs> it's not easy. God said, let me turn you. I said, I know when you turned me, my head was down, you brought it up. 
So what are you turning again? And all my prayers to stay in alignment. Perpendicular alignment. With heaven. Right position. He said, I now need to turn you 360 degrees. I don't have. turn and just bring me back to the same position. Say, yeah, you need it. Ah. I don't understand. Then he sent me to Jeremiah 48, verse 11. Look at Jeremiah 48. So, even when, see, there is no end to this turning. They, they don't understand. When you feel it, I knew when God told me 180 degree, my head is no more down. Hallelujah. And I'm no longer sideways. I'm upright. God said, well, let's do it all around. 360 degree. Jeremiah, Moab has been at ease from his youth. He feels I'm okay. I'm okay. He has settled on his dreads. And has not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Nor has he gone into captivity. Therefore his taste, his taste remain in him. And his sin has not changed. This is a stagnant position. This is what it means to be. You just stay settled in one position. Your experience, encounter with God. The Lord told me, I know the year. I know the point. And you have remained like that for how long? God said, you know what? Since the written have settled, what is on, on the surface is watery. You know that? He said, the rich smell, the rich scent, the written that should be coming out of your life, the rich taste, we can't get it. Now, I need to turn you from vessel to vessel. Or, or I just need to take you. You know, there are some drinks, they say, shake well before you drink. Shake well before you drink. That's, that's 360 degrees. The God said, when we do that run, everything will mix. I will have the right taste. You will bring the right smell. You are no longer stagnant. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, I need some turn around. You guys, you are, you are incredible. You got it. So let's see where we stop. Let's see where we stop. We're going to stop tonight, okay? Tomorrow is the real night. Right? So let's, let's, this is intro. I'm serious. This is introduction. Trust me. This is introduction. That's how far we can go. But let me give you this parting shot. Okay? This turning. There's one more turning. Yeah, there's one more. Yeah, just, you need to do that one. If you don't do that one, you won't sleep well tonight. <laughs> one more. Someone is hearing me, and you are receiving this message. It's hard. It's hard. You know, that's the problem with this kind of basaric, some kind of stuff. It's not. It's not cheap grace. You get what I'm saying? It's really, this is really stuff. This is not milk. This is hard meat. There are some bones. All right? Well, it's needed. Someone is hearing me. The whole essence of your tongue, whether you are turning to repent, 
turning to be born again, right head up, right side up, or coming in alignment. You get what I'm saying? Or just being turned around to be shaved and from verse to verse, however, is because this faith to faith conference marked the beginning of breaking forth into progress. Listen, mark my lips. If you take this word and act on them, the pace of your progress will shock you. It will surprise me, but even you will be shocked. You are turning for progress. You are breaking loose from whatever I've kept you in that state for a long time. Did you hear what I'm saying? You are breaking forth from that containment to progress. This Romans chapter 2 verse 1, quickly. This Romans chapter 2 verse 1. This Romans 2 verse 1. Look at what it says. He said, then uh, are we there. Then we turn and journey. You see, we turn. We turn. You can't journey except you turn. So you can't join. Listen, if you are going home now, will you stand and start going straight? Now, if you say you are going home, and you say, I'm going home. I'm done. I'm done. Hey, where are you going? I'm going home. Doctor, 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 doctor. If you want to go home, when you stand up, you have to turn. 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 Right? <laughs> you keep turning. No journey, no progress without turning. The reason for stagnation is because some people don't want to turn. Are we talking? So we turn and journey through the wilderness, the way of the Red Sea, and the Lord spoke to me, and we scattered, we, surround, we went around Monsia for many days. Motion without progress. They were going in circle. Now, when you start going in circle, is it that you are in a cage or you are in chain? Huh? When you see a bulldog or lion or whatever, it's just charging. Just, then, is it that a cage or chain? So, when you are going around and you are not making a headway, something needs to break. Verse 2. Look at that. Verse 2. And the Lord spoke to me. What did the Lord say? Can we help me read it? Next verse. What did the Lord say? You have scattered this mountain long enough. Do what? Ah, not what. If you don't want to keep going around in circle, turn. Turn. The same thing is in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6. Turn. If not, no progress. I told you. You are breaking loose into a dimension of progress. That's unprecedented. Because you would be so determined, desperate to turn. You just want to hear God say, before you finish turn, you have turned. You are in the frequency of turning now. If you are involved with some people and he said, turn, you turn. Did you get what I'm talking I'm serious. You are engaged in a habit and say turn. You are hooked to something, say turn, just turn. 
Just take the next command. Aircraft, take off and navigate by responding to command. Your computer, your phone, they're just receiving command. All those things you're pressing, you're giving command. So the reason you are stuck is that you are not receiving command. You are not letting God punch those commands. So this is the last. If you don't turn, there is a veil that covers you. You can't see the real glory that God has for you. Please, I beg you, your life is more than what you have experienced. Am I talking to you? Listen, listen, listen. We're about to pray. We're about to pray. Listen. If you don't turn, you can't see. 2 Corinthians 4.3. Look at that. 2 Corinthians 4.3. Can you put it quickly? Be sure then. 2 Corinthians 4.3. But even when our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So if you can't understand the word of God is so clear in the gospel, you get it. You don't understand how these things work. You are veiled. There's a veil. There's a veil. Verse 4. 2 Corinthians 4 4. What does he say? Verse 4. Quickly now. He says, Who are the people who are veiled? Those whose mind the God of this world has blinded. Who are those people? Those who do not believe. Lest they, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, will shine on them. So listen, unbelief, lack of understanding blinds you, unveils you. There are things you can't see except you start taking the word of God as it is. To believe is embrace it. Did you get it? You won't even understand it until you embrace it. He said, by faith we understand. Jesus, he didn't I tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory. There's a glory you can't see except you start believing. And you can't believe because Satan is using something to veil you, to blind you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he says in verse 16, put verse 16, he says, even when they are reading scripture, they still reveal. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken. When one turns, the veil that can allow you to see the pathway to your progress, to your glory, to your destiny. Do you know Moses was stuck for 40 years? For 40 years. He knew the purpose of God. He came to his house when he was 40. Visit your brethren. You are born to deliver them. But he did not turn to God to ask how. The power of prayer. Listen. If the first time it occurred to Moses, you are to save those people. You have asked God, how? God will have said, okay, I'm going to empower you. You will experience fire. Okay, something will enter, you enter your road, then you go to Pharaoh. Then go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He will have gotten it at 40. But he, dis- he discerned the purpose, he perceived the purpose of God and believed that his education and his strength and his arm Acts chapter 7 verse 25 says, he thought that the people will know that it is by his hand God will deliver them. So he used his hand to kill the Egyptians secretly. 
God does not violate legitimate authority in place. God is not going to allow you to kill Egyptians secretly and take the, the, the children of Israel away secretly. You have to go to the authority of Pharaoh and say, God says, my people are going. If he has asked at 40 by turning to God, God will have instructed him. He didn't, so he was sentenced to another 40 years. Until he saw the fire and turn. Then God gave the instruction. A veil was on his What was the veil? My education. My intelligence. My expertise. My experience. My position. It took 40 years for him to say, you know what? All of this cannot do it. My destiny is greater than what all of this can deliver. I turn to God for supernatural empowerment. Then goes in, I go to Pharaoh. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Are you ready to turn? Come on, rise up. Rise up. Let's rise up. Can you take your offering together? Have you done your offering? Yes, let's do it together with the prayer. Take your offering in your hand. Lord, we're turning. Somebody's on listening. There's someone hearing me. You perceive the purpose of God, but you didn't turn to God to give you precise instruction of how to carry it out. You enter into presumption. Take your offering. You are turning. <laughs> you will no longer operate upside down. You will no longer operate like a beast. You no longer be foolish and stupid. Mm. You will receive eye contact with God. Amen. God will guide you with his eyes. Amen. You will embrace the word of God. Amen. You will believe what God says. Amen. The blindfold of the devil is being removed from your Amen. face. The veil that is covering you not to see the glory is removed tonight. You are entering to a new mode. Of believing the word of God. And beholding the glory. Amen. Come on, lift up your offer and begin to worship the Lord. Say to God, Lord, I turn to you. Lord, I am turning. Lord, with my whole heart, I turn. I reposition myself. I surrender. Open your mouth and pray. I surrender. I turn. I will not remain as I've been. I will not continue in the way I have been living. Open your mouth. Somebody's praying. I am turning. I am turning. I am turning. I'm being turned to another person. The Spirit of God is coming upon me by the Word of God. Lord, I turn. Yaromahande kerebo shakariaba. Yerimanakanda bosho karibaha. Yobariba namahande kerebo shaya. I turn, Lord. Yemba kodobo shekereba. I'm taking my journey forward. I'm going forward. I turn for supernatural progress. Yenderebo kandebo shaya. I turn. I turn. I break the yoke of stagnation. I break the yoke of stagnation. Open your mouth. I break free from stagnation. 
I will no longer go in circles. I'm no more going down. I'm rising up. I'm rising up. I'm rising from the dust. I'm rising from the dust. I will walk upright. I receive the word of God. I praise the word of God. I believe God. I take a new position. I take a new position. I take a new position. Make it take it take it for Sulabaha. Yele make it lebe lebe. Yes, Lord. Eradicate, oh God, even the foundational structures of our lives. Lord Makata, what needs to be turned? We command to be turned right now. In the name of Jesus. Whatever causes stagnation. We command to be turned right now. In the name of Jesus. We speak to the root of our lives. The root of Father God. The foundation of God. Let your hand, oh God, locate us tonight. Let your hand, oh God, locate us tonight. And cause a turning. And cause a turning. A supernatural turning. In the name of Jesus. No more stagnation. No more stagnation. No more limitation. No more going round in circles. In the name of Jesus. A supernatural turn. Mighty God, mighty God, in our relationships, let there be a turnaround. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, reposition. In the name of Jesus, no more looking upside down. From this day forward, in the name of Jesus, in marriages, husband is upside down, looking at the wife from upside down. From now on, in the name of Jesus, we command a turnaround. In the name of Jesus, no more stupidity. No more foolishness. In the name of Jesus. 
We banish every foolishness. In the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to declare. No more stupidity. No more stupidity. No more foolishness. Begin to declare it. Over your life right now. Over your family. No more stupidity. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Declare it over your life. Declare it over your home. Declare it over your family. Declare it over your children. Declare it over yourself. Declare it right now. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. No more beastly, beastly operation. In the name of Jesus. Every beastly manifestation in your life. Come on. Command it right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare no more beastly operation in my life. My head will be lifted up. In the name of Jesus, my head will be lifted up. I will not look down anymore. In the name of Jesus, I will not operate like a beast. I will not operate like a beast. I am made in God's image. I am not made in the image of a beast. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. We give you praise. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are made in God's image. Not in the image of a beast. Hallelujah. You are going to declare in the name of Jesus. Say this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that has come to me. I've received your word in my spirit. I incubate your word in my heart. Let nothing take it away. Every area of my life that needs to be turned around. I receive the enablement brought by your word to turn in those areas. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I declare by faith right now that you are my lifter. You are the lifter of my head. Lift my head, oh God. From tonight. In the name of Jesus. Place your hand over your head. Begin to declare, I'm lifted. I'm lifted by the word of God. I'm lifted by the word of God. My head is lifted. The lifter of my head is at work right now. In the name of Jesus. He has lifted me. I refuse to look down. I refuse to bow down. 
I refuse to be beastly in the name of Jesus. I reject every beastly operation. I reject every beastly disposition in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you glory. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Glory. Your head has been lifted. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This is introduction. This is just foundation. It's going to be great. It's going to be explosive. Hallelujah. Make sure you are here tomorrow early. Six o'clock we start on the dot. Amen. But I want to say this. If if you are here, you want if you want to pray further, feel free to stay and pray. Amen. And pray over this. But I'm going to be here by 5.30 in the morning. If you want to join me to pray, you're welcome to, to pray. Amen. Just to pray over this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to cook this. Amen. This, these are not the days you just hear a message and say, oh, that was a good message. No, 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 no. You have to press in. Amen. Come on, somebody say press in. Make sure you press in tonight. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. And just have a little, little rest. And I pray that the Lord will give your body supernatural Amen. rest tonight. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. One hour Amen. sleep will give you two hours satisfaction. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Receive it. You receive it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. How many people are going to invite someone tomorrow? Amen. <laughs> okay. If you love them, invite them. Amen. 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 It will make life easier for you when you see their lives turned. Amen. It's less work for you. Amen. Less prayer for you. Amen. Then you can use your faith for other things. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Amen. Do you know anybody that needs this kind of message? Yes. Bring them tomorrow. Amen. Tomorrow night. And I want to say this, on Saturday morning, we're here, 9 o'clock, a special men's session. Any man that you know in this city, call them. Do you understand? Because there is a special word for the men. For the men. Okay. So, don't miss it. All the wives here, make sure your husbands are here. If you have a brother, maybe you don't have a husband, you have brothers and you have friends that you want their head to turn. Maybe you see the way they are operating, they are upside down. If they look beastly, make sure they are here on Saturday morning. Nine o'clock. Amen. How many men are going to be here? Okay. I look forward to that. Glory to God. Amen. Have you been blessed? Yes. Let's appreciate the man of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. What a gift. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. 
For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.